I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. A-Rod and I host a show called The Deal, and it's all about the intersection of sports, business, and culture. Recently, we got to sit down with Stephen H. to talk about something a little different for him, his business. If I had to crystallize where business came to the forefront of my mind was when I got fired in 2009. There's a difference between making money and learning business. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. First things first, this is about truth-telling. I have no agenda. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what No Mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah! This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> A blockbuster trade has taken place in the National Basketball Association. That's the good news. The bad news? I have no expectations of being in Miami come June. Damn, I'm pissed. The Stephen A. Smith Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, coming at you at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, as I love to do over the digital airways of YouTube. Thank you again, as always, for supporting the show. We're here in our studios, thanks to our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the Stephen A. Smith Show. To like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show on YouTube, just click the bell to get notified of all of our new content, and there you'll have it. You'll be one of our new subscribers. We're approaching 320,000 subscribers, picking up anywhere from 12 to 15. 1,500 new subscribers a day. That doesn't happen without your love and support. Just wanted to take the moment to let you know how much I appreciate that. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Keep it coming. And you know I'll keep coming. And by the way, be sure to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestseller, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. We got to get into it because let me get to the breaking news. Let me not waste your time. The Portland Trailblazers have finally, have finally traded Damian Lillard. That is the good news. The bad news for me, personally, is that it's to the Milwaukee Bucks. And I love the city. I love the fans. They're good people. 
Great sports town, the whole bit. I just can't stand the cold weather. You understand? And the limited time hotel. I'll never get over the fact that a couple of years ago I was at the hotel and their room service stopped at 7 p.m. I'll never get over that. I'll never get over it. But I digress. Here's the particulars of the deal, okay? Litter goes to Milwaukee as part of a three-team deal with, uh, uh, you know, uh, with Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tamani Kamara, and a 2029 unprotected Milwaukee first and unprotected Milwaukee uh, swap rights in 2028 and, 2020 and 2030 to the Blazers. Phoenix lands Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nazir Little, and Keon Johnson, okay? And obviously Damian Lillard is going to Portland. The Blazers remain engaged elsewhere, according to my colleague Adrian Wojnarowski, the ultimate insider these days. According to him, the Blazers remain engaged elsewhere on deals and will and are, 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 are expected to immediately engage contending teams on trade talks to move Drew Holiday. This is what sources tell ESPN. Wouldn't surprise me at all if Miami was trying to get their hands on Drew Holiday because they would love to get their hands on him since they didn't get Damian Lillard. Um, Jimmy Butler, star for the Miami Heat, took to Instagram with his reaction. Have a listen to what he had to say here. Yo, NBA, man. Y'all need to look into the Bucks for tampering. Y'all do. I'm just going to put that out there. Y'all didn't hear it from me, but I heard it through somebody. Y'all look at him for tampering. I don't blame him. If he's a bit salty, he should be. Um, Jimmy Butler was looking forward to having Damian Lillard. Jimmy Butler in Miami with Damian Lillard, with Bam out of Bayern, those boys, legitimately would have an even better chance of coming out of the East and competing for an NBA championship. Not only do they not get Damian Lillard, which is where Damian Lillard wanted to go, but also uh, they end up being seen as an inferior team to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, who uh, recently acquired Chris Stapps Porzingis a couple of months ago. So you take all of that into consideration, and that puts the Miami Heat on the outside looking in with an uphill climb. There is no doubt about that. I am disgusted for Damian Lillard because this wasn't his choice. And many, many years earlier, when he could have demanded a trade out of Portland, all right, but never did, when he finally decided to after a decade, they don't give him what he wants. They send him to Miami. Now, let me be very, very clear about something. It is a business. So you can take whatever side you want. It is a business. And the Milwaukee, and I'm sorry, the Portland Trailblazers did what was best for themselves. No doubt about that. I understand it. They did what was best for themselves. We get that. All right. And from a basketball perspective, I can't knock them. If you got Drew Holiday and you've got DeAndre Ayton from Phoenix, who's a legit big man, even though his temperament, his, his, you know, that that vibe, that 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 fervor to go out there and ball was highly questionable. You're going to have far less problems with Yusuf Nurkic if you're Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker um, than you had with DeAndre Ayton. No doubt about this. So DeAndre Ayton was going from Port from Phoenix to Portland. This is a brother that's from the Bahamas. Good luck with that. Let's see how much you enjoy that since you didn't want to really, really go all out because you had attitude with so many different damn people. But that's a subject for another day. What it comes down to with Portland is that Portland did what was best for its franchise. But let it be told. If you are a player and you sign for the money, you could have asked out years earlier. Damian Lillard didn't do that. He got his money, no doubt about that, and staying with the same team enabled him to get his money. But in the end, he didn't get to go where he wanted to land. And I personally thought that the Portland Trailblazers owed him that. But that's just me. They made a good deal for themselves. It's undeniable. And as a result, 
Damian Lillard ends up in Milwaukee. And in fairness to the Portland Trailblazers, if we're being fair, and I'm going to be fair, it's a perfect situation for Damian Lillard. To be the point guard with that ball in your hands, to have Giannis Antetokounmpo as your teammate, to have Brooke Lopez and Bobby Porter and those boys and Chris Middleton, a healthy Chris Middleton, we hope and assume, you can't ask for much better than that. New coach Adrian Griffin, we'll see what he's worth because we know what Budenholzer could do. We don't know what Adrian Griffin could do yet, but it remains to be seen. Bottom line is Damian Lillard wasn't sent to some scrub team. They were on the list. Milwaukee. But that was after. It was clear he wasn't going to get what he really wanted, which was to go to Miami. He wasn't going to get what he really, really wanted, which was to go to someplace like Boston. Toronto tried as well. Philly, what can you say? Philly's in a world of trouble. Joel Embiid, keep your eyes open for Joel Embiid. He might demand to be traded after this. He just might demand to be traded. But getting back to Damian Lillard, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics are now tit for tat as to who's the favorite in the Eastern Conference to go to the NBA Finals. There's no way around it. There's no way around it. Now, we can sit up there and easily say Milwaukee because you got a closer in Damian Lillard. We don't have to look at Giannis trying to get you to go down. He's going downhill and you got to find a way to guard him. We don't have to worry about Giannis getting to the hole trying to dunk on somebody or get a layup because he damn sure wasn't about to pull up for a jump shot. Oh, no. Now Giannis could get a ball. He can get a ball at Dame time. Dame time. Dame time. And you know what he can do. The brother has sent people home in his career. I love Paul George. He sent them home. I respect the hell out of the future Hall of Famer that is Russell Westbrook. He sent them home. He sent home Dwight Howard. He sent home James Harden. Damian Lillard done sent a few people home, as he was apt to tell us in years past. This brother's something special. Just finished averaging 32 this season. 32. A career 25-point-per-game scorer. A career 37% shooter from three-point range. If it were not for Steph Curry, there isn't a point guard in this nation that we would be talking about we want more than Damian Lillard. And now you got him to pair him with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I respect the hell out of Drew Holiday. He ain't no damn Damian Lillard. Sorry. Grayson Allen, like him as a young player, feisty as hell. Good riddance. You ain't Damian Lillard. You ain't Damian Lillard. Dame time has come to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And by the way, it ain't that big of an adjustment for him because the weather between Milwaukee and Portland, Oregon, ain't that damn different. It's great, it's great skies half the time. He could deal with it. But he wanted South Beach. He wanted Miami. And he didn't get it. And I feel bad for him. I really, really do. But it's a great, great basketball decision by the Milwaukee Bucks to acquire him. It's the perfect fit for him. And in all honesty, he can't really complain. Because when you really, really think about it, what is there to say? I mean, the world is in shock that he ended up in Milwaukee. But if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, this should tell you something. It really should. Because you got to remember something that's very, very important. Okay? Very important. Giannis Antetokounmpo hinted towards leaving. Now, he's got this season coming up and then the following season. And then after that, it's a player option. 
but the year before a player option arrives is when a player usually demands to be traded if indeed they truly, truly want out. So Giannis, in all likelihood, was entering his last season in Milwaukee if the Bucs didn't do something to get him the necessary help to legitimately enable him to compete for a championship. And why did Giannis feel that way? Could it be because Miami smoked them at five? Could it be because eventually Embiid is going to get some help along with Tyrese Maxey, even though James Harden wants out in the worst way? Could it be that Boston acquired Chris Stapps Porzingis? Yeah, they lost Marcus Smart. I ain't happy about that. He's in Memphis now. That's going to help John Morant and the crew. But they got Chris Stapps Porzingis. The brother is seven feet three. He can shoot the three. He can block shots, and he's joining Al Horford and Robert Williams on the front line. And Jason Tatum is 6'9", and Jalen Brown is 6'7", and Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon ain't small brothers trying to win a tall man's contest. They got some decent size on them. I'm just looking at Boston. And I know everybody's Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Milwaukee has catapulted itself to definitively being the top two, to one of the top two teams in the Eastern Conference and one of the top three teams in the NBA. Period. No way around it. But Boston cannot be dismissed. I'm not going to sit here and definitively tell y'all beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Boston Celtics are done. I can't do that, y'all. The Boston Celtics, with the crew that they have. Question marks about Missoula's coaching? Well, guess what? There's question marks about Milwaukee's new coach, Adrian Griffin, because Budenholzer is gone. I'm just saying. It's a different ballgame. And by the way, here's where it gets really, really interesting. If the Denver Nuggets the reigning defending NBA champions were to actually get back to the NBA finals, which I believe is a huge question mark. Going against these Milwaukee Bucks would be a little bit different than going up against Miami. Jamal Murray and those boys can ball. No doubt about it. Deserve our love and respect. No question. But Dame can handle his business against them. Giannis can handle his business against Jokic. And he's got help with Portis and Brooks Lopez too. I'm talking about defensively. I'm not sure. I don't think I would pick Milwaukee to lose to Denver. I don't think I would pick Boston to lose to Denver. And by the way, I'm not so sure Denver is going to take out the Lakers this year. If they stay healthy and Anthony Davis doesn't resemble a Mr. Roller Coaster. Six Flags is my nickname for him because he's up and down. 41 game, 11 another. Every other game is when he plays to a high level instead of back-to-back games. And don't get me started if the Clippers get healthy. And we haven't forgotten Phoenix because Nurkic is there instead of DeAndre Ayton. With KD, with Devin Booker, with Bradley Beal. I'm not sure Denver's coming out of the West. But I know this much. Whoever comes out of the East is going to have to deal with Boston or Milwaukee. Dame time. Dame time has arrived. 
in Milwaukee. I'm quite sure he's not ecstatic about it. He can't be but so salty about it because it wasn't like he was traded to some scrub team with no chance. He was traded to a team that's automatically catapulted to being a favorites for a championship. Damian Lillard, you saw his tweet. The casuals won't be addressed, but the Trailblazers fans in the city of Portland that I love truly will be, and they will be addressed truthfully. Stay tuned. The casuals. I guess he's talking about the Trailblazers, an organization he wants held in high regard and he refused to demand the trade from that he thought would keep its word and do all it could to appease him and give him what he wanted. They didn't do that. And if he's salty about it, I don't blame him. And I don't want to hear this nonsense about money. Oh, he got paid, he got paid, he got paid. Listen, y'all make deals every day. He could have demanded a trade years ago. I begged him. I begged Damian Lillard for the last six years. Six years to ask out of Portland. He wouldn't do it. That's how much he loved being there. That's how much he loved representing that organization and more importantly, Rip City. And he thought, because he was led to believe by the organization, that if the day came when he wanted out, you would send him where he wanted to go. The only mistake Damian Lillard made was telling them Miami, Miami, Miami. Definitively, publicly. He should have threw out several teams but told them privately, I want to get to Miami so Miami could have worked with them to get a third team involved to get the deal done to get him to Miami. They didn't do that. And as far as I'm concerned, if he feels betrayed by them, I don't blame him one damn bit. Not even a little bit. But he is with a contender. A legit title contender. I'm not saying definitively that the Milwaukee Bucks are the favorites. I'm saying if that's the case, fine. I, I'm not going to argue with it, but I'm not summarily dismissing the Boston Celtics. You're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. By the way, before I go to break, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift. The big story in the NFL. And the whole world. But guess what? It ain't about football. It's about those two. They've turned everybody crazy. Everybody trying to get all in this business, all in her business, trying to find out what they're doing, who they're doing it with, all of this other stuff. Quite frankly, I think y'all should be embarrassed. I mean, first of all, Taylor Swift ain't a bad catch. Travis Kelsey ain't a bad catch. We get it. We get it. She's a billionaire, too. Doesn't hurt. At least she made about $5 billion on her tour. I don't know if she got all that money. But if people want to go crazy about it in a positive way, calm your nerves. You ain't the one, you know, getting your groove on. That's them, too. But if you're annoyed by it a little bit, I can't blame you. Even my man Mad Dog Russo lost his mind this morning talking about it on first take. Check it out. <laughs> All Fox cared about on Sunday was showing Taylor in the booth banging on the wall, and the mother was all annoyed and just tore it down properly. Oh my God, I can look at this. That mother didn't want her in there. She wants to enjoy her son. And who takes their girlfriend two minutes into a relationship to visit mommy and daddy? Nobody does that. That's I mean, I'm not even going to show him walking out. 
hilarious, hilarious, and kind of true. One could easily make the argument that Mad Dog Russo is right. Who takes somebody two minutes in a relationship to see mommy? But there's a retort to that. Everybody ain't Taylor Swift. Everybody ain't Taylor Swift. Think I'm lying? Go see her concert. Go see her concert. Coming up, speaking to fantasy football expert Matthew Berry. But also, I'm going to address this Colin Kaepernick situation once and for all. That's up next. Stick around. Don't touch that dial. It's Stephen A. right here on YouTube. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Back to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Once again, thank you for joining me as I love the fact that you guys do that every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least over the digital airwaves of YouTube. As promised, I'm looking forward to talking to my next guest. He is considered the most renowned voice in the world of fantasy football. His newsletter, okay, Fantasy Life and his daily podcast, Fantasy Football Happy Hour, are must-haves for anyone who plays fantasy. Please welcome the godfather of fantasy football himself, the one, the only, Matthew Berry. What's going on, man? How you doing? How's everything? Stephen A., I'm great, man. Like, life is good, busy, but good. You understand that. Um, No complaints, my friend. Well, let me say this. I miss you. I miss you. I mean, I'm happy for you. You're doing big things. Uh, But obviously, all of these years we worked together at ESPN, I had an absolute blast with you. I I I miss you, man. How is life away from ESPN? And most importantly, away from me, your buddy, who you used to school about fantasy football all the time. Listen, Stephen A., I miss you. I really miss working with you. I miss working with a lot of my friends at ESPN. Uh, But yeah, life's really good here at NBC. You know, they just it was an opportunity that I just couldn't pass up. I, uh, I have no complaints at all. It's been a great year. I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that I think you appreciate this. You understand it. Uh, I was given an opportunity, you know, and ESPN was, I, I've said this before, but ESPN basically said to me, my contract was coming up and ESPN said to me, Hey, we really like you. You know, we want to, we want to extend you, um, keep you here for a little while longer. But, um, this fantasy life thing that you're doing fantasylife.com, the fantasy life newsletter, that in my previous contract, I had a carve out for, they were like, mm. you got to get rid of that. We don't, we want you focusing just on ESPN. And so uh, I didn't have the Stephen A kind of juice to be able to do my own podcast <laughs> the way you do. I didn't. They were like, we want you, but only you, not, not anything on the outside. And I, I really wanted to continue that. I mean, I have investors, I have people that work for me. I, right. they, uh, they trusted that when they invested their money or they came to work for me, that I would be there to support that. And so I didn't want to just be like, ah, sorry, ESPN offered me this money and I'm going to bail on you guys. And right. so, uh, so, you know, I said to ESPN, I appreciate that, but I'd like to move on. And we parted friends. And then uh, NBC came to me and said, listen, we're big fans of you and we'll, we'll, we'll make you a deal here. Uh, we'll put you on football night in America and we'll let you do whatever you want with fantasy life. And wow. I was just like, where do I sign? Where you do I, you know, and, I mean, uh, it's, it's all about leverage. It's all about versatility and diversifying that portfolio. And there's absolutely positively nothing wrong with that. I'm doing that myself with my own podcast yeah. for crying out loud while still working for ESPN. So there's certainly no shame in the game in terms of what you're doing. Major props to you. I want to know this. 
Over 60 million people played fantasy football last year. Or this year, rather. Or last year, I'm sorry. I'm wondering how you feel personally about the impact you've had on the growth of the National Football League, considering how important fantasy football is to everything football related in today's day and age. What are your thoughts about that? I appreciate that, Stephen A. And, uh, you know, I definitely think I contributed. Now, listen, let's be clear. Football was super popular. It's always been really popular. It's going to continue to be popular. Um, but there's no question that the growth of fantasy football has increased ratings, revenue, interest in the league. There's no question about that at all. Like they, they did a study that the average football fan watches about three hours a week. The average fantasy player watches over six hours a week of football. They're watching twice as many games. And the reason is because they have rooting interest in games that they might no, normally not care about. I'm a Commanders fan. Lord help me. I've been a Washington fan since I was five years old. I'm going to watch right. every Washington game ever. But, you know, if there's a game that that I'm not particularly interested in, call it, um, you know, I don't know, say, uh, say, you know, like Arizona, Arizona and uh, and Tampa is kind of not, you know, not a super sexy game. Well, I care about that because I have Mike Evans on my fantasy team and I'm playing you and you've got Marquise Brown. And so it gives you a rooting interest. And honestly, at, at, at I remember this was a big thing at ESPN when sometimes the Monday night matchup wouldn't be great. You'd be like, well, who's watching this game? Monday night, people that have fantasy players, that their matchup depends upon it. And so as a result, I think, Stephen A., I think that fantasy football has been a big part, not the only reason, there's a million reasons why, but has been at least a significant part of the growth and popularity of the NFL. And I would say, yes, I'm often credited. The thing I'm credited with the most is bringing fantasy football to the mainstream, making it more popular, making it mm -hmm. more accessible for the 15 years that I was at ESPN. And so, you know, in conjunction with ESPN and uh, a lot of people that did great work there uh, for many years, I, I do take a sense of pride and ownership of that, that I do think I'm a piece of that puzzle. Sure. Hey, well, listen, there's no doubt that you're a piece of that puzzle. And look at what you're doing right now. You got Fantasy Football Happy Hour now airing daily on NBC's streaming platform, Peacock. So let's not forget that right now. I'm wondering how much bigger do you think fantasy football can get? Because I'm looking at the NFL. It's not going anywhere. You, instead of direct TV, now the Sunday ticket is on YouTube. And by the way, the, the visual, I mean, it's spectacular. I mean, I'm watching this stuff. This looks better than regular television half the time watching these games on YouTube. It's unbelievable. And if I feel that way just watching the games, obviously people watching the games for the purposes of playing fantasy football, one would surmise that it's only going to grow and grow and grow. How much bigger do you think this can grow? Yeah, I mean, I think the answer to that question is how much bigger can football grow? Because every player, every person that plays, that, that's a fan of the NFL is potentially a fantasy football player. And it's just a matter of getting them into the game, understanding it, realizing, oh, this is fun. This gives me a rooting interest. This gives me a, the ability to talk trash with my buddies. This gives me, you know, something to do. Even when my actual NFL team is out of it, I can root for my fantasy team. You know, Stephen A., you and I played in a fantasy league together. I think my last year at ESPN yep. and you had yep. not been a fantasy player prior to that, but then you got into it. I remember yeah. like, I'm watching you on Instagram. You're like, you took my guy and how come Saquon isn't showing up for me? And like, it's, you know, and so that was fun. It was from a, from the fantasy industry perspective, it was great to have somebody of your stature get involved in the game. But I think also you saw like, Oh, I get the appeal now. And I think yeah. the more we can educate people, the more we can. I mean, again, to your point, 60 million people already play. So my answer to that question is, if you tell me how big the NFL can get as it grows year after year after year after year, 
then I think the answer is that's how big fantasy can get. I think I would never want to speak for the NFL, but my opinion from, you know, the sidelines here is that the reason they did the deal with YouTube is to try to reach younger viewers and, you know, go where, you know, go where young people are watching and consuming media. And And go internationally and go and go internationally. Correct. Correct. So again, and and there's no accident that they're playing three games in London and two in Germany this year. You know what I mean? Mm. Again, they continue to expand. And, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. um, You know, there's lots of theories as to why Taylor Swift showed up at the Chiefs game last weekend, right? Whether it's it's a publicity stunt, whether she's really dating Travis Kelsey, whether it was a first date, who knows? But there's a scenario where whether it's accidental or on purpose, but Taylor Swift being at that game, all of a sudden there's a massive subsection of people that are huge Taylor Swift fans that are now talking about the NFL. They're talking about the Chiefs. They're talking about Travis Kelsey. And so, you know, whether it was a happy accident or, you know, somewhat planned, really smart on all sides, actually, to, to make that happen. Mm. How many leagues, how many fantasy leagues do you actually participate in yourself? I remember one time you stayed, you was in as many as 14 leagues. How many leagues are you in? I'm in 17 this year. Good Lord. Good yeah. Lord. How the hell are you in 17 leagues, Matthew Berry? How is that possible? Because <laughs> that's the gig. You know what I mean? Like that's the, I, It's not right for a normal person to do that, but that's the job. And so like my wife is like, wait, what are you doing? I'm like, this is the job. And so like, you know, I'm in leagues with, I'm in leagues that I've been in for fun, you know, college friends. I'm in leagues with former ESPN colleagues. I'm in leagues with current NBC with all, you know, all the guys on my show. Um, I'm in some celebrity leagues. I'm in some leagues for charity. So I try to sort of, you know, listen, if I could do nothing but play in fantasy leagues, I get invited to so many these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm only in seven. I'm actually only in 17 because that's the job. In order for me to do my job doing analysis, uh, I need to be ingrained in all these different leagues and different scoring types, different league structures, everything like that. So it's uh, I make time for it because that's the gig. Okay. How many championships have you won, Matthew Berry? I want to know that answer. Yeah, I I wish I could tell you it, it is, you know, in the hundreds. I mean, I okay. win I win a handful okay. of leagues every single year. I was just um, getting ready to say the reason the reason yeah. I was asking, because you better not tell me you're in 14 to 17 leagues and you in all of these years and you got about two championships. I would have no, I would have no, 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 no. got on you about that. I will tell <laughs> you that out of the 17 <laughs> leagues that I'm in, I will make the playoffs and at least 15 of them. Usually I run the table, but maybe there's a league or two where I won't make the playoffs and I'll win about half of them. That's where it usually nets out is that I usually, I, I'm always a big believer that skill gets to the playoffs. Luck is somewhat uh, important when it comes to winning a championship, having the right players at the right time, injury history as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I almost always make the playoffs mm-hmm. and I, you know, I usually win about uh-huh. 50% of my leagues. Listen, man, you're a household name. You've been in, the, you, you, you acted in a Marvel movie, if I remember correctly. You do? Um, I, I mean, I, I know that, all right? And, and obviously the celebs, the athletes know you on a first name basis. I've seen, I've, I've been an eyewitness to it, looking at you overseeing leagues. Who's your most popular person that plays fantasy football? Your most successful popular person? It, most successful in terms of how good they are at fantasy football. Yes, how good they are at fantasy football. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and the answer is always Jay Z. I get answered asked that a lot, and there's a lot of there's a lot of people that I could come up with, but you know, uh, Jay Z, who you know was in the, lost in the semifinals of his league last year, won the championship the year before. He's wow. really smart, uh, really sharp, 
you know, he knows every player in the NFL as well. Right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, so uh, that's a league, the gut, the famous guts league, Stephen, I know you're familiar with it as well. Uh, and so, you know, Jay is, Jay is by far, you know, one of the five most people, famous people on the planet. And then he's also a really, really sharp fantasy manager. Um, I, got, so, I, I got to confess to you when it comes to basketball, he, he, he's got me beat. He's beat me about six times. He's beat me about ha. six I'm not even talking fantasy. I'm just talking about he calling me, he and I, and, and, and he bets me something. And I, 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 I'm, I'm like, oh, and six again. I, I think I, I won twice. I think I got, I'm like two and eight overall against him. He makes me sick. I just say that affectionately because I love the brother. But let me get to you about this season that's been going on. What's been your biggest pleasant surprise that has gone on through the first three weeks of this NFL season? Uh, pleasant surprise from the NFL. I mean, listen, I don't know that it was a surprise, but the, the dolphins, what a pleasure it is to watch them, you oh, know, in oh. terms of just the, the offense they're running. Like we knew the dolphins would be good. I don't think we thought they were going to be 70 points in a game. Good. Right. You know, that they did that without, uh, you know, they did that game without Jalen Waddle. Like, right. um, I grew up in college station, Texas. So, you know, my dad's still a professor at Texas A&M to this day. So mm-hmm. the Aggies are one of my teams. So Devon Achan, that's how he likes to, his name to be pronounced. Now, Devon. But seeing him have that kind of game, that was exciting. That's a kid that I've watched throughout uh, his college career at AM. So it was fun to see that. That's been a pleasant surprise. Um, I'm a Commanders fan, as I mentioned earlier in the interview. So honestly, seeing the fact that the Commanders are 2-1, and one, um, tough game against Buffalo last week, but okay. But just seeing the enthusiasm around the team, seeing the new ownership, Stephen A., for me, for me, as somebody who was suffering through 20 years of the Snyder era, just having Josh Harris and Magic Johnson and that ownership group there in Washington, like I'm no longer embarrassed to be a Washington fan, right? You know, people be like, oh, who's your team? Washington. Oh, really? Did you, did you see the story about the lawsuit? Which one? Yeah. yeah I mean, like that was my <laughs> conversation for the last, right, you right. know, which right. one, which investigation? I, I, I haven't seen, which one? I, there's too many of them to keep track of. So just being able to say like, oh, no, I am. I'm a, I'm a commander's fan and they're two and mm-hmm. one. And I think Josh Harris is doing a great job so far, has the team headed in the right direction. It seems like he's doing all the right things. He's fan friendly, which Snyder never was. So that's been a pleasant surprise as well. Not surprise is the wrong word because I expected that, but that's I've enjoyed that, I guess. What's is, been the biggest but, negative? What's been the biggest negative in terms of fantasy football? Who's been the biggest disappointment thus far the first three weeks of the season? Well, I mean, I think the, the biggest negative so far is just all the injuries, right? So Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey and Mark Andrews missed week one. Cooper Cup's been out the entire year. Jonathan Taylor has been out uh, so far the year with injuries, right? Mike Williams is lost for the season. Aaron Rodgers going down with the Achilles injury. And even mm-hmm. though he wasn't expected to be a big fantasy quarterback, that impacted the fantasy value of Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, who we did expect to be fantasy superstars this year. So for me, it's just all of the injuries. We're waiting for Austin Eckler to get back, you know, Again, Jalen Waddle missed last week. David Montgomery missed last week. That's been, those things have been uh, disappointments. But um, uh, so to me, that's the, those are the ones that have been frustrating. Uh, in terms of a, a bust, uh, I'll give you one last bust and one more pleasant surprise. Please one do. last bust so far. Justin Fields has been disappointing, you know, and I don't know if it's the coaching staff or the offensive line or whatever, but, you know, Justin Fields, who was so electric towards the second half of last year, He's not running, which is weird to me, Stephen A., given how fast he is, you know. Um, uh, so the Bears just feel like a mess right there, and they're sniping each other in the press. And, like, that's been a disappointment because I really – I'm a fan of Justin Fields, and I'm rooting for that kid. Um, 
I will say one other pleasant surprise has been the Detroit Lions. I'm on Ross St. Brown as my fantasy football yes. ride or die this year. Okay. I was all in on him. He's been great through three games and just seeing the Lions, you know, it's been a fun story. They're two and one and, uh, you know, things are heading in the right direction there. What are your thoughts about how NFL teams, I've made the argument, and I know this, is a fan, this isn't necessarily a fantasy question, but you know so much about football. I thought it was apropos to ask you this. I think running backs have been devalued to some degree. And here's my position. Totally. I saw what they were doing this summer, really Austin Eckler leading the way, them bringing attention and noise uh, to their plight because teams simply devalue them. It isn't even based on their level of production. You just look at their birth certificate. You look at the age, the dust that's being collected, and you say, regardless of how productive they are, we're not going to invest in you long term. And so I see something like that. I've been a proponent of them being allowed out of college early, uh, allowed into the NFL, I'm sorry, earlier than the typical college players allowed to enter the NFL draft just so they could be in a position to capitalize off of their careers a bit earlier monetarily. So in other words, instead of, you know, uh, coming into the league after three years in college, you can come in after your freshman year. That way you're there two years earlier or what have you. And guess what? You're positioned where you can get paid earlier in your NFL career. What do you think about an idea like that? I like the idea. Honestly, I wouldn't limit it to running backs. I would, I would, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't have a problem with kids leaving college early if they can make a career. I mean, again, let's sort of be, first off, you've seen it with the NBA and right, you know, it, and that's, that's gone back and forth over the years in terms of when kids can enter into college. But the fact is, is that if a 19 year old man can make millions upon millions of dollars playing a sport that he or she has been amazing at their whole life, then I don't know why you're going to force them to quote unquote, stay in school just for some arbitrary rule. Now with NIL rules, you know, I mean, the, like who are we kidding about amateur sports? I mean, like, you know, with some of the, some of these NIL athletes are making more money than professional athletes going to various schools. So I have no issue with that. Um, I think it makes sense for all positions, certainly uh, running backs as well. I am pro running back. I am pro players getting there. So, you know, I'm, I'm team Saquon, team Josh Jacobs, team Eckler, all those guys. But I will say, you know, you look at Indianapolis and Jim Ursay and Jonathan Taylor on opposite sides. They're saying, we don't want to trade you. We don't want to pay you, but we also aren't going to trade you for anything less than a first round pick. And Jonathan Taylor's like, wait a minute, am I worth exactly. a first round pick or am I, but I'm not worth being paid? Like make right. up your mind. So I'm, a, I'm team Jonathan Taylor there. Having said that, look at Zach Moss. Over the last two games, Zach Moss, who's kind of this, I don't want to say he's a nobody, but he was basically gotten for, he was a late round draft pick. He was gotten for not a lot of uh, capital from the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. And he's been fantastic for the Colts the last two weeks. So if you're Indianapolis, you're like, why are we going to pay Jonathan Taylor when, you know, all we can do, we can get the same kind of production from Zach Moss. We're two and one. We look, you know, we're feeling pretty good about where we are as a franchise. So it's like, you sort of see both sides of the argument there, not to fence it, but um, to answer your question directly, I do like that idea, Stephen. Last question. If I asked you one player to be mindful of, fearful of, meaning they're going to explode onto the scene in fantasy football as this season progresses, who do you think that player is going to be? That hasn't already exploded it could be somebody it could be somebody that's already but he's just gonna do more of it i keep thinking tyreek hill that's what i keep thinking i mean, I mean who do you yeah, think about yeah i mean any any of the dolphins i think are 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 fantastic um uh, i mean we're just talking about the colts i mean yeah. i think anthony i think anthony richardson's a superstar 
Um, wow. And uh, so I'll, I'll say I'll say him, and I'll give some love to. By the way, I think he got a little bit of notice because they won last week. But C.J. Stroud, he's looking good. He, I was getting ready to bring him up. He's looked good. He, he has looked good. He's been put into a tough situation behind a, a bad offensive line that's missing four out of their five starters as well. And I think C.J. Stroud. He didn't have a great preseason either. And people were like, oh, you know, whatever. And there were questions about him coming in into the draft. You know, um, I think C.J. Stroud has looked absolutely terrific. Um, so I think him and Anthony Richardson, two rookie quarterbacks that have already impressed me in the short time that they've been in the NFL. But I think both those guys are really impressive. And the kid that C.J. Stroud is throwing to, Tank Dell, Nathaniel Dell, everyone calls him Tank. Mm-hmm. That kid can play. That kid can absolutely play. So the wide receiver for the, the Texans, um, I'm a big Tank Dell fan. All right. You know who he is. It's Mr. Matthew Berry. The newsletter is called Fantasy Life. And Daily's pod, daily podcast is Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Check them all out. Check them all out. The one and only Matthew Berry, my buddy. It's so good to see you, man. I'm so happy for you. All the best to you. And I'm sure I'll see you down the road. Stephen A., a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I'm always here for you. No problem. I appreciate that, buddy. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself. The one and only Matthew Berry right here with Stephen A. on the Stephen A. Smith Show. Back with more in a minute. Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Thanks again to the great Matthew Berry for coming on and dropping some science on us about fantasy football. Obviously, it's big time, and a lot of it is due to him and his greatness and his dedication and commitment to covering the sport. Wish him nothing but the best. Certainly miss him at ESPN. I want to transition to a subject that I know is going to ruffle a few feathers. It's going to make some people upset. I want to say for the record, I don't care. At some point in time, truth has to matter. And we have to get back to that. Colin Kaepernick wrote a letter to the New York Jets, to the New York Jets, essentially asking that they consider him to play on their practice squad. Kaepernick's letter to the Jets was shared on social media by rapper J. Cole with permission from Kaepernick, just to be clear. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to tell you that I'm sick of the story. And the reason I'm not going to tell you that is because I respect the hell out of Colin Kaepernick. In 2016, when he kneeled during the national anthem to bring attention to racial oppression and strife in this country, I don't believe there's a minority in this country who should have a problem with him. He did that for us. He did that for the desolate and disenfranchised out there, along with various others who were being abused by the system, who happened to be of black and brown descent. And a lot of people would not have made the sacrifices that he made. He's to be supported as much as reasonably possible. Where I feel left is when folks act like we're supposed to ignore the facts and ignore the level of culpability and accountability he has and how things have ended up. I would remind you that Colin Kaepernick once sued the National Football League. And when he sued them, essentially for ostracizing him and what have you, they reached a settlement. I don't know of too many people on this planet who sues the company, reaches a settlement, and then ends up seeking employment from that same company in the future. That's what Colin Kaepernick did. That is a fact. 
And we know this. Yet and still, because of the NFL League's office, association with Jay-Z and Rock Nation, because of Jay-Z's role within the power structure and fabric of the National Football League and the fact that he has the ear of individuals like Roger Goodell, along with various owners. In 2019, just nearly 10 months after reaching a settlement with the NFL, the NFL scheduled a workout at the Atlanta Falcons facility. Colin Kaepernick at the time, along with his lady and others in his camp, were looking for one team to show interest in him. 26 teams showed up. 26. I personally at that time went on national television and announced to the world that I was being told Colin Kaepernick would have to throw the football into the stands in order to not have a job in the NFL in two weeks. So what does Colin Kaepernick do just hours before that practice session, that tryout session, that workout session at the Atlanta Falcons facility in November of 2019 was set up? Just hours. Kaepernick chose to hold it at Charles Drew High School, 60 miles from the Falcons facility. NFL personnel who was in attendance, who flew from all over the place, didn't know about the workout until approximately two hours before it took place, which means they were going to have to drive about an hour and 20 minutes to a high school field because Colin Kaepernick wouldn't sign some waiver that the NFL had drew up and he went to the practice facility or to the high school facility to conduct his own workout separate and apart from them. His belief, his, his, his mantra was, Hey, you know what? They want me to sign a waiver that no other player had to sign. The NFL says, of course, our waiver is different. We're conducting a workout for an individual player, which is something we've never done in our history. And since we've never done that in our history, why in God's name, Will we not protect ourselves when it comes to conducting a workout for a player for the first time in league history who had just sued us? Now, Kaepernick is quick to talk about how he's training three hours a day, Monday through Friday for the last six years to stay in shape for a potential comeback. Stop. Stop, bro. I, I hope I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong. I know you've been blackballed. I know you were unfairly and unjustifiably blackballed. Colin Kaepernick violated. He violated no constitutional rights. He exercises constitutional rights as an American citizen. He violated no laws. He violated no bylaws of the National Football League. The National Football League said it, it, with this collective bargaining, it strongly encouraged one to stand for the national anthem. It did not mandate it like other leagues, like na the National Basketball Association, Major League Baseball. It did not do that. The NFL did not mandate it. It strongly encouraged it. So since we know that and we know he was in violation of no laws or, by, or, or NFL bylaws, we know he's been blackballed. And we know that the former president, Donald Trump, hijacked it, hijacked the narrative for his own political gain. Just to, and, and just to gnaw away at the National Football League because he knew it was going to piss them off. Because it was going to bring unwanted attention in their direction and cost them money, compromising their bottom line. How do I know this? Because in 2014, Donald Trump called me personally 
and said, quote, he wanted to buy the Buffalo Bills, who was on a market for over a billion dollars at the time. And when reports were surfacing that other owners were going to get in his way, Donald Trump said to me personally, Stephen A. Smith, quote, if those motherfuckers get in my way, I'm going to get them. I'm going to run for the presidency of the United States. Those were his exact words. And damn it, he did it. So the man was true to his word, at least in that regard. I say all of that to say, these are all things that were laid out for Colin Kaepernick. These were all things that were told to him whether directly or indirectly through a myriad of people from what I've been told. I personally told this to his lady. It didn't matter. He chose to bypass the workout. And that next day that I went on the air, when he bypassed the workout and didn't show up, I said, it's over. He doesn't want to play football bad enough. I'm not accusing him for not wanting to play football. I know he wants to play football, but I said not bad enough. Not bad enough because there's no way in hell they're going to go through all of this. And then you're going to bypass the workout and they're going to turn around and say, cool, it's no big deal. All right, we, we'll figure out another way. They're done with you. They're done with you. Coaches, GMs. Players in the league, contemporaries, they all know you deserve to be there at least once upon a time. I don't know how you deserve to be there now, seven years when you ain't played. Come this January 1st, it'll be seven full years you haven't played an NFL game. I don't know if you deserve it now based on what you could do, but I know you should have never been blackballed. You should have never been mistreated. You should have never been ostracized. No doubt. It was wrong. But in the end, that was your decision. That was your decision. That's what happened. And so as we look at it from that perspective, you made that decision. And there's no getting around it. The owners are not, they don't have to collude. As of today, ladies and gentlemen, did you know that this week, that, that this season, at the start of this season, 14 black quarterbacks were starting in the National Football League? Did you know that of the top 11 quarterbacks, being paid, the top paid 11 quarterbacks, seven of them were black. These owners don't think, they ain't worried about Colin Kaepernick compromising their bottom line anymore, him not being there. They're like, hell, people are watching us. We're getting more money every single day. We're on YouTube now. We're on Fox. We're on NBC. We're on CBS. We're on ESPN. We're on ABC. And we're on YouTube. Hell, give them some time. They might be on TikTok. They worried about Colin Kaepernick? Out of sight, out of mind. That's what they wanted. And if I'm being totally honest, the disappointment that I feel towards Colin Kaepernick is primarily one thing and one thing only. He didn't trust us. I'm talking about the public who supports him. If he had shown up to that workout, cameras would have been everywhere. Because by the way, the league gave him permission to keep the film. They were going to give him the film and he could have disseminated it any way he wanted to. But understand, 
While he was doing the workout, the eyes of the world would have been watching. Reporters everywhere would have been watching. The public at large would have been watching. ESPN and Fox and everybody else would have been all over it. If he had gone out and performed, there is no way they would have been able to deny him. But he didn't trust anybody. He didn't trust the public. He didn't trust the public outcry and the furor that would have presented to force their hand. He didn't trust it. He went the other way. And as a result, he's on the outside looking in. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But I said it in 2019 that I thought Colin Kaepernick's NFL career was over. It's nearly four, it's nearly five years later. Am I wrong? Have I been proven wrong yet? I know he deserves better. I know he doesn't deserve what has happened to him. I pointed this out. And I pointed this out today, this morning on first take. Colin Kaepernick didn't work out for NFL teams in November of 2019. Here are some of the lesser veteran quarterbacks who, who made starts, backup quarterbacks who made starts due to injuries that season. Brandon Allen, Jeff Driscoll, Matt Moore, Chase Daniel, Brian Hoyer, Sean Mannion, Colt McCoy, and A.J. McCarron. You trying to tell me a Super Bowl-quality quarterback like Colin Kaepernick could not have been on the team? Of course he could have. Once a time to time, being a backup was unacceptable. Now he's asking to be on a practice squad. He is revered and should be revered in the African-American community and in minority communities throughout this nation for the battles that he has fought on our behalf. He deserves not just our respect, but our love and our support. All of that is true. He's, he got screwed. I don't like it one bit. But it's undeniable that there was, it was potentially avoidable. If he had trusted somebody. And he didn't. And because of that. He's on the outside looking in. He's received numerous awards for his courage, his bravery. His conscientious observa uh, observance. All of that's true. But if you really wanted to play football that bad. Why did you just show up? for the workout session and left the rest to the public at, all, at, at large who loves and supports you. You didn't do it. And that is why he is not in the NFL. I believe forever. I hope I'm wrong. I pray that I'm wrong. But I doubt it. Before I get to your tweets, real quick, Britney Spears is known for her dance moves. I know it's a hard transition, but I'm making it, damn it, because I don't want to get into this anymore. But our most recent dance moves should have us all worried. There is such a thing as, as mental health and mental illness. I don't know what the hell is going on with Britney Spears, but I know how this looks. Check this. Ladies and gentlemen, those are knives. And Britney said that 
the knives in the video. She tried to say they were fake. But in her next post, cuts and bruises were visible on her body. Are you seeing this? Now, her husband, Sam Asgari, filed for divorce back in August after 14 months of marriage. Here is all I have to say about that. After seeing that damn video, are we really surprised? I can assure you right now, if a woman in my life, if my woman was sitting up there flinging knives like that, I'd be the hell up out of there. The minute she did one of those spin moves, it would have been like I disappeared. Like I snapped my fingers and disappeared like I was I dream a genius somebody. I'd be out, out. Not just because of how you wheel in that knife, but the skill, the speed, and the swiftness was with you doing it. That would make me very uncomfortable. I'm just saying. Before I get on out of here, let me take some questions that you've sent via Twitter. Uh, question from ETX underscore Aaron. Stephen A., can we deep dive or dive deep into the conspiracy theory that all mascots are secretly planning to form their own league? I mean, who wouldn't pay to see a giant Seahawk versus a charging charger? <sighs> Aaron, I say this from the bottom of my heart. I don't give a flying shit about the question you just asked me. It means absolutely nothing to me. I'm not going to even answer it. It's just that insignificant to me. Next question. At Carter Ant Fan writes, is Anthony Edwards the future face of the NBA? I believe he's one of them. He's a stud. He's got to work on his jump shot, having a consistent jump shot. But that brother's something special. I got a lot of love for Anthony Edwards. Yes, he's that dude. He's got a lot of potential. But Minnesota's got to win too. You can be the face, but you can't be the face if y'all ain't winning anything. And Rudy Gobert... And 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 call Anthony Towns and that coexistence. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I really, really don't know. All right. And Rudy Gobert don't need to be shoving people either, starting fights like he did last year in the Denver series. Or was it right before it? I don't even remember. Doesn't matter. Question from one E Cronus One. He writes. Should the Bears and Jets make a quarterback switch of Wilson and Fields? Both playing bad. Both teams need to change. Worth a chance for both teams. I'd love for Justin Fields to come to New York. Love it. Don't give a damn about Zach Wilson. I'm not sold on him. I think the maturity is his issue. I think with Justin Fields is the way he's being utilized, and it's how moribund the Bears appear to be. Now, GM polls, I want to give this man a chance. He just got there. He didn't draft Fields, didn't hire the coach. All right, nor the offensive coordinator gets he, but we'll see. But I would love Justin Fields in New York. I would love that. Ain't going to happen, though. Can't see it happen. Last question. At D Hurley, 1991, he writes, has the rest of the world caught up with the NBA as far as talent goes? Or did Team USA come in fourth place because they were our USA B team? Of course it was because it was our USA B team. Did you see Steph Curry there? You see LeBron James there? See Anthony Davis there? You see any of these people there? See Steph and Clay there? See Damian Lillard there? You see any of these people there? Of course it was our B team. But that doesn't mean to discredit other nations. It's actually an indict against us. They care more than we do. That's right. 
That's why right now they're looking better than us, which might be why LeBron James sat up there and said, I'm going to recruit some of these brothers. We're going to go over to Paris. We're going to handle our business. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's it for this episode of the Stephen A. Smith Show. Thank you again for watching me at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Make sure to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show. Please continue doing that because I love the momentum we're gathering right here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified of all of our new content. And by the way, please don't forget to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Straight Shooter, a memoir of second chances and first takes. Until next time, everybody, peace and love. I'm signing off. See you in a couple of days. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. A-Rod and I host a show called The Deal, and it's all about the intersection of sports, business, and culture. Recently, we got to sit down with Stephen A. to talk about something a little different for him, his business. If I had to crystallize where business came to the forefront of my mind was when I got fired in 2009. There's a difference between making money and learning business. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.